Yeah, Yes, an audio serial, written and read by Daniel Cotier. This story contains adult themes, coarse language, themes of suicide and self-harm. If the contents of this story are triggering for you or anyone you know, I ask you to please call Lifeline on 131114. If you are listening outside Australia, you can find contact numbers for mental health support services on our social media pages. These are found at Yeah Yes Audio Serial on Facebook and Instagram and Yeah Yes Serial on Twitter. Chapter 9, Friday, 25th of August, 2017. Flutes and violins waft out of the small speaker on the counter to whatever planet my brain is on. For a week, I've felt like I've been floating in outer space, totally alone in an endless void. I can still do everything I used to do, but I feel like my consciousness has been put into some other body that I don't know how to use and my brain is orbiting the planet, trying to find a hole in the ozone to get back through. I've filled out the form and now I'm just waiting for the psychologist to come out and get me. I hope she can tether my mind or send me off to the nut house and I can get a rest. I'm exhausted. I went to the hospital twice this week to check myself in when I was certain I'd do it. But then I kept thinking about how they would call mum and dad and they'd come and visit me and mum would be all, I used to be a nurse, and ask questions and I just can't deal with that. Focus on the music, Joe. More mellow strings and piano. I wonder if they've named the playlists and they personalise it for each mental case. Mine would be Suicide with Stravinsky. Actually, I bet they don't even care what's wrong with you. It'll be like the GP. I'll sit there talking while she's mentally spending the money that I've bought in. She'll pretend to listen, then she'll give me some lovely pills and send me out again. Why am I even here running up the government's bill? I should be at home packing or out at a house inspection or laying on my back at the morgue not whinging to some stranger that I want to kill myself, but I'm too fat for the fan blade. Banjo? A small Middle Eastern woman of about 40 with a chunky jade statement necklace peeps around the corner at me. She's got warm, kind eyes, but they don't trick me. I see through you, lady. I smile back, but it's so fake. She would have noticed, surely. I hope she's got her pencil sharpened and she's ready for some crazy... She leads me away from the music and into a blue office. There's a grey armchair that she sits on and a grey armchair opposite that and they both face a grey couch. Is this a test? Does the couch say something about wanting to lay down and be a couch potato and a slob? Or is the other chair adversarial? I slump down on the couch. If it is a test, I'm going to be comfy. Between us is a table with hand sanitizer, a notepad and pen and a box of tissues. Welcome. My name is Kelly. Can I call you Banjo? Just Joe, please. I mumble at her. I feel stupid. Certainly, Joe. Do you have your referral there? Sure. I fish it out of my tote and hand it to her. She can see that I'm shaking. I even had a drink at the pub across the road before I came up to the clinic, but it didn't stop the shakes. I take in the room while she reads. There's a desk to Kelly's left with a printer and a mug on it. The mug is white. No clues there. The wall has a large photo of a sunset printed on canvas. 
Next to the door is a water cooler. To my left is the wall with four windows that run the length of the room, looking down onto the street. That all looks in order. She walks to the desk and staples the papers together. Finally, a real adult. Have you been to see a psychologist before? No. Welcome. I know it can be daunting the first time. I want to let you know that my job is to listen and to try to help you find appropriate strategies. I'm not here to judge you or to necessarily offer advice or medicines. Shit. After the last week, the medicines are the only reason I came here. Everything you say is confidential unless I deem yourself or someone else to be in danger. If that happens, I will contact the authorities. Under the mental health care plan, you are receiving this and five subsequent sessions at no charge to yourself. After the sixth session, we'll make a judgment about whether you need to go to your doctor and get a referral for a further four sessions. If we still need some more after that, they will be charged at a reduced rate. Does that all make sense? Yeah. I uncross my arms. I don't want her to think I'm standoffish. Grandad will be rolling in his grave at how grim my body language is. Actually, he's probably rolling anyway at the fact that I'm seeing a psychologist. Wonderful. That's all the formalities done. This first session is about getting to know one another. She picks up her pad and pen. So, let's begin. What prompted you to come in today? I'm suddenly fascinated with my shoes. Um, well, I've been struggling a little bit lately. I don't know what else to say. That seems efficient. Is there anything in particular that you're struggling with? Yeah, um, I look down at the floor and I feel my eyelid twitch. Don't cry, not this early. My voice cracks. My boyfriend left me a few months back and I lost my job. And I got a new job, but I got evicted because I'm behind on rent and now I have to move in two days and I have nowhere to move to. She nods and scrolls some stuff on her page. That is a lot to deal with. Moving and separation are two of the most stressful things we can undertake as adults. How are you coping? Um, my voice starts to wobble and water seeps up through the grey carpet at the bottom of my vision. Well, I felt a lot like I'm just floating outside my body and I'm really angry all the time. Like there's always been a big jar of anger and a big jar of hatred inside and usually I can just sort of open them a bit and let some out and then close the lid but I can't close the lid anymore and I'm so angry. I'm so angry at myself for being such a useless faggot and I'm really angry at everyone else as well. Some of the water falls out from the carpet and sloshes down my cheek. Kelly passes me the tissues. How did she do this? <laughs> Two questions and I'm crying. I haven't been able to cry since I left that asshole of a doctor. Have you acted on these feelings? I finally have someone to talk to, but my body won't let me. I want to tell her everything, but my throat has screwed itself into a ball to block the words from being released. All I can do is nod as more tears sop down my face. Try and take a breath for me. I do. It levers the ball out of the way and goes down to my lungs. She nods. When you're ready, can you tell me how that manifested? I take another breath. I, um... I've been cutting my thighs with a kitchen knife. My voice sounds tiny, like it's going over bumps. And the other night I tried to hang myself. 
oh, fuck, the ball is back and I'm gone. Water seeps up through the carpet and through her clothes and through her face and through the paint on the walls and the picture of the sunset and everything is a distorted mess of colours. My nose is running and my lungs are fighting to move the ball again. I get the tissues and wipe away all the weakness streaming out of me. She waits a while for me to get under control. (laughs) Sorry, it's stupid. No, it isn't. Have you told anyone else? I shake my head at her. Have you cried since that event? Not really. Then these tears are good. It's processing and healing. How many days ago was the event? I take in some air like a drowning person. Last Friday, a week. She looks at me with her warm eyes. This must have been a very lonely week for you. I give a tight smile and grab some more tissues. I hear her stand and walk away from me. I punch myself in the thigh to try and get some control back. I look out the window and the sun hitting the barren branches of a tree, but it's all distorted too, like it's been raining inside. I'd like you to get your phone out, please. I do as she says, my chest heaving against my knees as I bend down and grab it out of my tote. Right. Now, I want you to type in 13006594467. I do. I want you to save that as the suicide callback line. If you get to that point again, give that number a call. They have 24-hour support with counsellors and they will call you back for up to six follow-up sessions. Will you promise me to call that number if you're going to make another attempt? I nod at her and save the number in my phone. Now, I have a few questions following on from that. There's no rush to answer them, just take your time. Are you scared that you'll have another attempt in the near future? I nod. And you promise that if you're going to, you'll call that number? I nod. Have you attempted suicide before this? I nod again. How many times? A few, maybe five. It's her turn to nod. She scribbles it down. Tell me about the last one. I do a mental stock take. The last time I was 17, I was sitting on my own at lunch and this guy who used to bully me, Trent, came over and showed me his phone. My body goes cold and I grab one of the pillows and place it over my lap. He had a bunch of photos of me. He made a fake grinder account and asked me to send nudes, but I didn't have any, so I just sent shirtless ones. He sent them to everyone and that was how I came out. Everyone already hated me and I had a shitty nickname, so I went home and Dad was driving interstate and I spent the whole night waiting for the phone to ring and for someone to call and tell Mum. It didn't ring and she went to bed and I snuck down to the park with scissors and a rope. I decided not to cut myself and I tried to hang myself with the rope, but I did it on the monkey bars and they weren't high enough, so I just ended up getting stuck on my tiptoes while I used the scissors to cut through the rope. I blush and look at the carpet. It was so fucking stupid. I hear her pen run across the page. Did you come out to your parents after that? I waited for Dad to come home and wrote them a letter. I had to get in before they went to the pub, though, in case anyone told them there. How did they take it? I don't know. Mum obviously had cried before they came and talked to me about it, but Dad seemed fine. So your parents accept your sexuality? 
I think so. We don't really talk about it. They were happy that I was with Mark. Her necklace hits the pad as she adjusts in her seat. Can you tell me about the first attempt? The first one I remember, I was in year five. I didn't get school captain, so I went into the toilet, got some paper towel and clogged up the sink to try and drown myself. Would have been about ten or eleven. Has the self-harm been consistent? Yeah, I kept going with that for a while and then I stopped when I started to have sex. And is it always the thigh? Yeah. She scribbles it down and I take a sip of water from a plastic cup she's bought me over at some point. What is your average daily alcohol intake? Three to four drinks a day. She looks at the referral and scribbles on her pad. Any drugs? No. I used to smoke pot a bit at uni, but the next day one eye always felt smaller than the other. My ex used to take ecstasy and speed a lot, but it wasn't my thing. She scrawls it down. She didn't seem to catch that the alcohol intake was a lie. How about sleep hygiene? (laughs) Excuse me? What do you do in bed? I furrow my brow. Why is she asking that? Um, well, I top mostly because my ex liked to bottom. She smiles. Oh, sorry. I meant, do you do activities other than sex and sleeping in bed? Watching TV, eating, that sort of thing. My cheeks burn and evaporate any remaining tear residue. How fucking embarrassing. Oh yeah, TV and sleep mostly. Are you finding it hard to fall asleep? Yeah. You shouldn't have anything in bed with a backlight. Just use your bed for sex and sleep. Try to eliminate TV in bed if you can. I smile at her. That shouldn't be a worry. I won't have a bed next week. In terms of your eviction, do you have a plan? Can she read minds? Yeah, I'm going to move all my stuff into a storage facility and then live in a hostel in the cross for a while. That is 100% a lie. Well done for coming up with that on the spot. That sounds like a fine short-term plan. Do you have the resources for it? Yeah. Another lie slips past her. Could you ask to stay with your parents, perhaps? No, they live on the coast about 30 minutes from Gosford. She nods and scribbles on her paper. They're still together? Yeah. Is there anyone else in your support network you could ask? I look at the sunset picture and sigh. No, I don't really have a support network. All my friends were Mark's friends first, so they went with him when we broke up. Is that a source of sadness? Not really. I never really had friends. I'm used to it. I work in hospitality, so you get hospo friends, you know. You work with them and you're really close, but once they move on to a new place, the friendship stops. Is this really therapy? You cry and then talk about boring minutia? You said you had a lot of anger and hatred. What makes you angry? Honestly, everything. I look out at the tree. Lately, I've just been waking up that way. When I can fall asleep, I fall asleep angry and then I wake up angry and it's like my brain doesn't need any time at all to amp up. It's just on and it's angry. I hate everything. I hate looking at myself in the mirror and the bus being late and the customers being rude and when the art on my latte looks shit and the fact that I can't get my house clean. What makes you the angriest? Myself. What do you hate the most? Myself. Can you recall how you described yourself earlier? I try and remember. Um, angry and hateful? Earlier, you described yourself as a useless faggot. Do you talk to yourself like that a lot? I look over at the blank mug. Yeah.
What you're describing is shame. The mug goes all watery again, and I'm not sure why. I try and blink away the water as I consider. Is it shame? In your case, it sounds like toxic shame. Toxic shame is the belief that you don't belong because as a person you are fundamentally wrong and unworthy of love and belonging. Shame makes you think that you need to be the best at everything to compensate for being inadequate, and when there's no other way to compensate, the next step is to remove yourself. Does that sound accurate? I frown at her. What the fuck? How did she do that? I nod and feel the tears start again. Only this time, it's not the ball in my throat and the wrenching tears of trying to make sense of the world. It's the quiet tears of truthful revelation. Toxic shame is what's wrong with me. What we are going to do is break down that negative self-talk and work at stopping the negative thinking. It's going to be a long journey. It's going to be hard. You are going to have to unlearn a lot, which is difficult when you're an adult. A lot of the time, you won't leave these sessions feeling better. That's normal, and it's okay. She's doing a shitty job of selling it. But if you work hard, and you are kind to yourself, life will be so, so much better. I take another sip of the mystery water. Excluding yourself, who was the last person to call you a faggot? Um, I try and think back. It's actually been a long time. I think a guy at a bar when I was in uni and I kissed Mark when we won trivia. Okay, how long ago was that? I count backward in my head. Four years? Great. Starting today, that word is no longer in your vocabulary. Today, you are divesting it of its power. She gets up and gets me another disposable cup of water. A lot of my LGBTQIA plus clients are having difficulties at the moment. You've been put under the microscope through no fault of your own. I want you to know that every single person, including yourself, is born with intrinsic worth. You were born with rights. You have the right to leave that disgusting, dehumanising pejorative behind you. Your homework for this week is to pull yourself up on it when you use that word. But like you're talking to a friend. I want you to stop, take a breath and kindly remind yourself that that word isn't in your vocabulary any longer. Understood? Her calm tones frighten me into agreeing. Understood. Yeah Yes is written, read, produced and directed by Daniel Cotier. Music, editing and sound engineering is by Nathan Barraclough. If you have any queries or concerns, you can contact us at yayesaudioserial at gmail.com. Tune in Thursday for the continuing adventures of Banjo Mitchell. Thanks for listening.